Hello everyone, welcome back in my village experience. Today we have Jen Wozni talk about her spiritual journey and uh, many aspects of spirituality and uh, often unknown sides uh, from the outsider as I used to. My name is Mesa Sor and this is My Village Experience. My Village. My Village. My Village. My Village. My village. Hello, Jen. Hello, Mesa. Thank you for having me. Great. Thank you for being here. How are you today? I'm very well. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. It's a beautiful time today. It is. It's perfect today. Oh, it feels like a bit like summer, yes. but we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jen is a certified life coach, Reiki master, shamanic practitioner, uh, Cree certified uh, teacher and Kundalini yoga. So right from the top, if you have to tell me three things that you find essential, what would they be? Ah, my three essentials. Um, empathy, honesty, and connection to source. Mm -hmm. And I'll explain why oh, I chose those. Absolutely. And, um, empathy is the first one because when we have the ability to empathize with another person, to put ourselves in their shoes, to understand how they're feeling, why they're feeling a certain way, why they're thinking a certain way, we have so many things that come out of that. We have the ability to understand them, mm -hmm. to be tolerant with mm -hmm. them, to accept them, to then love them and mm -hmm. to have compassion for them. So for me, all of those wonderful things, loving the world, you know, accepting mm -hmm. everyone comes from empathy mm -hmm. as the first step. My second um, necessary mm -hmm. thing is uh, honesty. Absolutely. So I'm a big proponent on just being honest mm -hmm. and not covering up anything. Um, and I feel that the lack of honesty in our world, the lack of transparency in our world, the withholding of important information in our world, the melodrama, you know, the unnecessary lies, deceptions, mm -hmm. illusions, manipulations mm -hmm. comes from the lack of honesty. Absolutely. So if we were all honest with each other about, you know, diplomatically, Absolutely, we don't have yeah. to be, <laughs> we don't yeah. have to make anyone feel <laughs> bad. We can say things in a respectful manner as we're being honest, but could you imagine what the world would be like if everyone was honest about, Better. this is how I feel about this situation. Mm -hmm. This is how I feel about my job. This Absolutely. is what I really want for my life. That's, as clear and honest yeah, as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And then we could all like, so many things in the world would shift mm -hmm, if absolutely. we were all just honest. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my second uh, essential. The third one is connection to source. Absolutely. Um, however we define source, mm -hmm. spirit, God, mm -hmm. um, Allah, etc. Mm -hmm. What you know, whatever that is, that mm -hmm. higher power. Mm -hmm. But that's our compass. Absolutely. If we don't have that. Um, connection or at least belief in some type of higher power, then we might feel a whole, you know, cascade of things that could keep us small or keep us hopeless. Absolutely. But if we do have connection to source, sources like our, our compass, mm -hmm. our North Star, mm -hmm. you know, um, if all else fails, 
turn to source and reconnect with where we came from. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my three essentials. Oh, wow. It is. I think just with your three essentials, we could go on and on about <laughs> the whole subject because it would, <laughs> would be enough to take it as uh, when you were talking about even uh, uh, honesty and about, you know, um, withholding information mm -hmm. and all those. It reminds me of your background. Uh, what what is your background like? Because uh, you had some of um, uh, intelligence. Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. uh, yep. So I had I did my undergraduate degree. I started out doing a double major, criminology and psychology. Mm -hmm. I switched schools so I couldn't pursue criminology anymore. But I did psychology with a minor in economics. Okay. Uh, I'm absolutely horrible <laughs> in economics, so I don't know how I have that degree. But that's part of my background. Mm -hmm. Then I did a master's degree in it's sort of national security. Mm -hmm. It's called Applied Intelligence, Absolutely. but it's basically trained everyone to become, um, to work in the federal intelligence communities. Mm -hmm. And uh, what what pushed you to that field? How did it all happen? Uh, did you have someone around your family or is it just a natural like, choice you did at some point? Uh, I just gravitated towards what I um, was attracted to okay. and what I aligned with. Um, and then, so it really started with watching the X-Files okay. in the 1990s, <laughs> no, the TV show. I understand now. And I, <laughs> so in that really, uh, so I always wanted to be in the FBI. Okay. I'm Canadian, so mm -hmm. I can't, but I always wanted <laughs> yes. to be in the FBI. I read true crime books when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to be a criminal profiler. Okay. That's why I did criminology, criminology. and psychology. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I watched the X-Files <laughs> and I thought, oh my goodness, You know, I need to do this. I need to do this. Uh, someone needs to know those Absolutely. secrets. Mm -hmm. uh, why not me? Um, and so I didn't know how to get a job doing what Mulder and Scully do. Yeah. Uh, how so to get there. <laughs> how to get there. So I did my double major in criminology and psychology. And someone, while I was there, someone said, why are you doing this major? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, there's no spy school. And they said, well, there is. Um, and so I learned about this um, school in Pennsylvania mm -hmm. called Mercyhurst College mm -hmm. that was specifically training people to go into the intelligence community. And I thought, that's what I want to do. That's um, definitely what you yeah. <laughs> So I did my master's in it. Okay. Um, and I was, you know, I, I didn't have a social life because I loved the yeah. homework. Um, and that got me a job in the Canadian government in the intelligence community. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it just, it just unfolded, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really go looking for it. It just came to me. And, uh, and from that to, of course, like the spirituality, the, the main subject that we're going to talk about, how, what, what happened in between? What, what, what were the relationship or connection? I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> Is it like uh, something as, uh, as, as I read actually in one of your articles, Uh, when you're saying, uh, you know, like there was something missing and there is something like um, mm -hmm. always that we all kind of find or feel uh, when we're going into a spiritual path, as in like there's always something missing or, you know, there is more to it. Yes, there was more. Mm -hmm. It started off. Um, so I've 
there's, you know, within all of us, there's a, a, a spiritual part of us that could always come to life at some moment in our lives. So there was always that within me. Um, and then in my early 20s or so, I started, you know, sort of dipping a toe into yoga or meditation okay. or buying a crystal or okay. essential oils and aromatherapy. <laughs> you know, I had the whole chakra kit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, you know, I was kind of... Um, pursuing this whole other line of study mm-hmm. the spiritual aspect of life and mm-hmm. and all that that was is within that subject mm-hmm. and the more i did it the more i wanted more of it absolutely and the more i turned it on myself to heal myself mm-hmm. and unpack my baggage and examine mm-hmm. my childhood and mm-hmm. examine why i believe the things that i believe okay. and do i really want to believe that mm-hmm. you know um the more that i did that the better i felt yeah. You know, the the lighter and freer I felt getting rid of a layer of that's not me. Mm-hmm. I don't really work that way. Mm-hmm. You know, this is who I really am and becoming that the more I wanted it again. Yes. And so my life was sort of it's always been guided as I look mm-hmm. back on my life. Like I said, I didn't choose to go to a certain school. Mm-hmm. Someone told me about it and I applied and I got in. Mm-hmm. Right. Um so I was guided into certain courses or certain books or, you know, Amazon.com. Yes. You know, you're shopping. Oh, yeah. That's in, order to, in order to qualify for free shipping, yes. you need to add something random to your cart. Mm-hmm. So it happens to be that the book that I added to my cart to get free shipping mm-hmm. was the one that changed my life. That was Autobiography of a Yogi. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so just the, the random things and the way that life really works. Um, but then uh, the more that I did that, as you say, mm-hmm. I knew that there was more of me that I wanted to come out mm-hmm. and it was begging, like you can feel it inside of you, it wants to come out. Um, and I knew that there was more to my life and who I really was that wasn't being expressed, no matter what I had in my life on the surface. As I used to say, like about spirituality in general, uh, from the outsider, there is uh, that kind of easiness or kind of short sightedness. As in, like, you know, uh, you just wake up one day and everything is illuminating and, yeah. you know, like, and everything is perfect. Or that once you're spiritual, all your life come together and stuff. And I'm like, no, actually, like, it takes years. Like, it takes actually a, a whole life. Yes. And, um, and, and so it begs the question first before getting deeper into that. Uh, how, uh, well, I don't like the word define, but how do you define spirituality? How do you consider it to be? Uh, in, in a sense, because I know it's a... <laughs> That's a great question. I actually just defined this for a course mm-hmm. that I taught. Okay. The dictionary definition, if I can mm-hmm. go to that. So the dictionaries differ in the English language dif- mm-hmm. dictionaries, differ in how they define the word spiritual, mm-hmm. which is really interesting because yes. it basically means no one agrees on, e- on what we're exactly. talking about. <laughs> uh, so the dictionaries define it as... Um, deep human feelings and beliefs so a depth to us um that which is non-physical um that which 
is about the character of a person rather than you know their physical self. Okay. Um, connection to a higher power mm-hmm. um, and supernatural uh, realms, realms of the world. Okay. S- to me, spirituality is just well, one connection to source. Mm-hmm. So connection with wherever we really came from. Mm-hmm. But spirituality encompasses absolutely everything. Absolutely. Which means we're not limited to the physical world and the tangible world and that which is experienced with our five gross human senses. Mm-hmm. Um, so spirituality is everything else, which if you turn to quantum physics at the moment, physicists around the world are searching for the Higgs boson particle, right? Mm-hmm. The God particle. Yeah. So they're spending, I don't know how many sums of money, <laughs> trillions or so of dollars. So don't quote me on that because I don't know. Spending enormous sums of money to build a machine that will find the God particle, as they call it, which if they find it or when they find it, mm-hmm. they expect it to be able to show us the other 99% of reality that our gross physical senses cannot uh, experience. Or experience. Yeah. So quantum physicists right now are trying to find the spiritual level of reality <laughs> with a machine. So spirituality is everything, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but recognizing everything. And when you recognize everything and source, you know that we are all entangled. We mm-hmm. all, there's nothing separate. And Absolutely. that's what the spiritual teachings, the yogic teachings, at least throughout mm-hmm. the millennia mm-hmm. have tried to teach us. There's nothing that's separate from us. Absolutely. We are all connected. This table mm-hmm. that's in front of us right now is connected mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. It all came from source. And when we recognize that and we integrate that uh, information, everything about our life changes. Absolutely. Our perspective changes. Our habits, our behaviors, our beliefs, everything changes to be more respectful mm-hmm. because you're not separate from me. Absolutely. Why would I ever want to harm you? I mean, I still do because I'm mm-hmm. not perfect Absolutely. yet, um, but <laughs> but it's on the path towards mm-hmm. um, unity and oneness. Because it's, uh, it's actually a, exactly a main, uh, one of the main themes in, uh, in Islam and much more in uh, Sufism, okay. which is the oneness. Like yes. uh, there are people that are called like Unitarian as in a sense of nothing is separated from anything that we all have a certain connection in whatever, wherever we are. And, and thus, that's why we should be uh, respectful of everything around us. And, right. and that it has all those impact that it has on us that we know or not. And, uh, and it goes around again. Um, and the more you study spirituality, the more you develop into spirituality, the more you discover those, those aspects. And, uh, and it begs again the question, uh, what led you to the studying of spirituality? Because, you know, you can have um, what you can call uh, spiritual awakening or experiences, you know, from here, from dreams and other stuff. But what, why, why did you go to the point to, you know, like being, okay, I'm going to study spirituality, like really go deeper into it? I had no choice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. That's the quick answer. Um, yes. 
I never set out to study a specific subject. I was attracted to things like yoga, meditation, crystals, essential oils way back when, mm. years ago. So mm. like you said, it's a years-long process or a lifelong process. Mm. It was more... I just, I was just trying to figure out who I was. Not figure out. I was trying to allow who I truly am to become fully present in my current life. And in order to do that, I had to. This was my purpose, my path. I had to study everything that spirit put in front of me to study. Unpack it. Extract from it what was relevant to my life. Discard from it what wasn't relevant to me or what I didn't feel was true. So that took me to studying dozens of different uh spiritual techniques, spiritual practices, spiritual texts, um, you know, all those different things. So it wasn't that I was attracted to a subject. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to become me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow. In general, when people say, uh, you know, know yourself, but in all spiritualities that I've learned, I saw that um, at some point, a lot of people take it as a cliché. As in when they say, you know, know yourself or some people think that it is about, you know, knowing, uh, I don't know how, how to even express that. As in knowing, you know, where you come from, as in culturally or stuff like that. I'm like, okay, it's part of you, but the body too is part of you, but it, it's still not you in the, in the complete sense of it. Oh, yeah. And every single time, as for an outsider, when you talk about spirituality, when you talk about, as you said, uh, knowing yourself or healing yourself, because mm -hmm. it goes from the healing to actual knowing yourself and then going to that road. It actually, again, begged the question, because I saw in one of your articles when you said that it all started around 2007. Could you get us back there? What, what happened? Like the changes, the, what, what needed healing? It was very slow at mm -hmm. the start. Mm -hmm. um, so 2007 was about the year when I read Eat, Pray, Love by yeah. Elizabeth Gilbert, mm -hmm. the book. Um, and reading, so for anyone who hasn't, isn't familiar with that particular book, Eat, Pray, Love, it's a woman who had a, a life, a career, a husband, and a nice house. Mm -hmm. So her life on the surface looked nice. But one day she woke up in the middle of the night and just sobbed on the bathroom floor because the inside of her, her spirit, knew that something was missing. Mm -hmm. And on, inside of her, she was fundamentally unhappy. So after that, um, she sold, you know, got a divorce, sold the house, etc., and then took a year to go on her own spiritual journey and discover who she really was and what really fulfilled her. For me, reading that, my heart cried. And my heart and my spirit felt exactly the way that she did. My life might seem perfect on the outside, but something's missing. There's more to me. Pay attention to me. At the time, I didn't feel like I had permission as a human to do anything about it, to become who, you know, to change my life, to join the ranks of the people who have, you know, become their true selves and are living happy lives, you know, and fulfill, deeply fulfilling lives. So I just went back to my normal life, took a yoga class, took a meditation class, 
um, regardless, and then it just unfolded, mm-hmm. you know, and then it, by 2012, my whole life was consumed with, I need to heal myself. I need to, you know, I was causing healing crises within myself mm-hmm. because I was doing too much healing at a time. Mm-hmm. Just like I was, you know, go, 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 mm-hmm. get it done. You know, mm-hmm. that's just the way that I work yeah. though. Um, <laughs> So it started off very, very slowly, mm-hmm. um, but if something's meant to happen for us, our soul will make sure that it happens. You're, you know, it's our soul that guides us to the class, to the course, to the book, to the person. I didn't know it at the time. King Salomon represent Gore Island. Even when you were talking about all the pivotal moments that happened in between to get you to that point, what literally took my whole attention in the whole, uh, even article, uh, one of the articles that I was talking about, is when you said that uh, you felt that you needed to surrender. Because in a lot of sense, uh, um, people talk about, you know, healing, uh, you know, uh, healing this, healing that, and, you know, finding its true self and so. But most of the time, even that definition of healing is kind of misconstrued. That's how I see it in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what pushed you, in a sense, to realizing that you need to surrender control free no Just... not at more that and i didn't know it at the time mm-hmm. i know it now though um in the psychic world there are four main psychic abilities one is clear seeing clear hearing clear fe- feeling and clear knowing clear knowing means you just know it's also called clear cognizance mm-hmm. You don't know that you know, you just know and so you do it. Um, there's no logical explanation for it, etc. I'm a clear cognizant. I don't know why I surrendered, I just knew that this needed to happen. So I literally, one night, got on my knees, brought my forehead to the floor, and just said out loud to my soul and to source, this life is yours, this life and this body are yours, do with it whatever you need and get me, the human part of me, and the mind and the ego part of me, get me out of the way. Just do whatever you need to do, I give you permission, and I will not get in the way. And that's when that moment, because there are, you know, there are times we surrender in smaller ways. Yes. You know, oh, I surrender, of yeah. course, it's right? Can't. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure, I'll yeah. do that if I'm supposed to. <laughs> but this was... Mm-hmm the deepest level to date of surrendering that I had done where I literally said, okay, mm-hmm. I, it's clear to me that source is guiding my life. It's clear to me that there is a path laid out for me. I just need to step onto it and follow it. But in order to do that, certain things need to happen. I need to, you know, my, my marriage is, mm-hmm. is over. You know, it came to completion. It mm-hmm. was what it needed to be. The house that we built and I loved mm-hmm. every inch of it. I was no longer going to be living there. Mm-hmm. We had cats who were my children. Um, they were no longer going to be with me because I had to surrender to my path. Exactly. Everything, whatever needed to happen to my life, I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I just know it needed to be done. There was some other purpose for me and, and I had to allow it. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, how did it happen that you went to Reiki? Like, how did you discover Reiki? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it was the first... Oh, no, no. Okay, so my first experience with Reiki was in about 2004. I was on a trip with a group of people from around North America, mm -hmm. um, and we were in Peru. We had gone to Machu Picchu to hike the Inca Trail. And the group was spiritual, fundamentally. Okay. But I was just like 23, 24. Yeah. I had no idea what I was talking mm -hmm. about. I was studying national security. Yes, and someone, and I had, my shoulders were sore one morning from carrying our backpacks. Mm -hmm. And someone was a Reiki healer. And she walked up behind me. I don't even know who she was. And she put her hands on my shoulder for about 10 or 20 seconds. And I could feel her lifting the pain out of my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And then she walked away. And then years later, when I had moved to Ottawa, somehow, I don't remember how this happened, but I took a Reiki course. So I got attuned for Reiki levels one and two. I didn't really do anything with it. And then years later, I needed Reiki healing. So a friend of mine uh, recommended me to a Reiki master here in Ottawa. And I had number of sessions from mm -hmm. her. And then she also teaches it. So eventually, um, I took Reiki levels one through three, plus the Reiki master training with her. So was it all before 2012 or? No, it wasn't. Okay. It was all the way through. Okay. Um, so t 2012 was when I needed a lot of Reiki. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also 2014, I believe, was when I took Reiki levels two and three. Um, which was very conveniently set up by spirit. Um, and then I didn't know this was, I had already. the Reiki because I saw when you were talking about from 2012 at some point even you felt you know what I call aloneness not loneliness and as I say in general and that I read even in a lot of spiritualities there is that time we are alone with ourselves it, and it is kind of something weird even to say uh, you know to, to someone that is an outsider in the whole thing But if there is one lesson that you've learned that we're probably still learning in uh, in that, what what would it be about, you know, that time of, you know, very being very lonely and everything? I want to define, I'll define my loneliness mm -hmm. um, because mine was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. It was total energetic isolation from the rest of the world. In the sense that when I was on my road trip, so 2014 to 2018, mm -hmm. driving across North America, I wasn't just by myself mm -hmm. because the spiritual path, if you want to discover who you are, you really have to do that. That's an inward journey. Absolutely. So that's why a lot of us go into you know, the figurative cave um, to discover who we are. <clears throat> For me, I was under psychic attack uh, from a lot of different levels. So that's a... Mm -hmm. sort of different twist on it absolutely um, I, i would come to it yeah. <laughs> because I, it's uh, in my notes yeah um and so 
even though I was alone, I'm totally happy alone. I'm introverted. I'm, you know, I'm connected to spirit. I'm, I meditate. I go dance with the spirit realms. Like I'm totally fine being alone, generally speaking. For me, it was my energy field was completely blocked from being able to feel anything at all in the earthly plane. So even when I was walking through a forest, for example, I couldn't feel the trees. There was no joy that I could feel from the trees. The trees didn't even really know that I was there. That was isolation as a form of torture. Absolutely. So a lesson from loneliness in the way that we normally know it. We, If we truly go into who we really are, there's nothing else that we need fundamentally yes we're built as humans we need to live in community and you know we're here to live physical lives but if we turn inward to be alone with ourselves we're amazing we are so big we are so old at the level of our soul we're not just 40 50 60 years old however the human body is there's so much to discover in wonderful ways the isolation as i said was something you know, I don't recommend. <laughs> so, there's no lesson from that except yeah. that black magic is real. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and that's why actually I mentioned that I come back to it because it, it's a whole other, a whole other realm. Yes. Even a discussion and, um, and why actually before even getting to that, uh, we talked about knowing yourself. We talked about, you know, the, the, even knowing yourself within that time of, you know, loneliness, within those, those time of uh, challenges. And um, and at some point, I think you've mentioned too, like uh, the all the spiritual practices that that you went into. Um, when, when did it? Well, apart from um, the Reiki that you said at some point, did you follow masters, or how did it how did it come to be? Is it here in Ottawa, or did you travel to to meet even those masters if they did happen? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Mm -hmm. So while I was in Ottawa, I studied with whomever I was guided to study with in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of them was the Reiki master. So that was Reiki, okay. Yep. Um, So my Reiki training primarily came from Ottawa, although I did have Reiki experience with other Reiki, other people who were able to call themselves Reiki masters, but who were not. Mm -hmm. But then when I, once I surrendered and my whole life fell apart, Uh, I got the guidance. I thought I was starting a new life, but I got the guidance, you know, sublet your con- your new condo, mm-hmm. uh, sell everything, put, you know, the, the most valuable things into storage, buy a car and start driving. Okay. And so I did that in November of 2013, mm-hmm. crossed the border into the United States and had no itinerary except whatever spirit needed me to do. And so as I was driving, I was taken intuitively mm-hmm to all the places I needed to go, to all the people I needed to meet in the most, you know, miraculous ways. Um, I met a shamanic practitioner because I needed a lymphatic treatment because my lymphatic system was congested. So, and there was an ad for, I think it was a free treatment in the, this was in Florida. Um, So I got a free lymphatic treatment. And as she was doing the treatment on me, we started talking about astrology and then she said, well, I really practice shamanism. I said, I want to learn that. She yes. says, I'm teaching a course next weekend. Um, so I took the course and then she became a good friend and I lived on her property for a while. So I just, I was guided to the people I needed to work with. Um, I always had the yogic masters with me as my spirit guides. So I can remember very clearly 
sitting in a room, staring out the window. You know, this was what my life was like, staring out the window at the world. Um, and I could feel the yogic masters around me. And they trained me and spirit trained me. And the way that a true teacher will work, will work is once you've reached um, your highest potential with that teacher, they will step back and they'll say, I can't do anything for you anymore. You need to find your next teacher. And so even the yogic masters at one point stepped back and said, you need to go higher. We have nothing left to teach you. Go higher, which was heartbreaking and shocking. Um, so I was always, there were humans who were put in my path to teach me what was right to learn from them. Absolutely. And then this, well, the, you know, the beings in the spirit world mm -hmm. were with me. And then fundamentally it was spirit just, you know, tossing me into the deep end of the mystical realms and saying, figure this out, Jen. Absolutely. <laughs> that was my training. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we talk about a uh, you know a spiritual path, as I say, it's not even a training. It's literally a path that you have to experience on your own with the guidance, as you, as you mentioned, uh, spiritual guidance. Everything does guide you. That's literally what I what I believe in. And talking about those realms, as you mentioned, that you've studied a bit about you know astronomy, crystals. Yeah, the crystals yes. and, and all of that. Mm -hmm. So if we come back to the definition of spirituality, mm -hmm. if we can tentatively or temporarily agree on one of the definitions, mm -hmm. that spirituality just means the study of everything, mm -hmm. including the 99% of reality we can't see, taste, touch, feel, hear. Then we also come back to what quantum physicists are now telling us, that absolutely everything in our reality is made of energy, including the table that's in front of us is made of energy. It looks solid, it feels solid, it can support us if we're putting something on top of it, but fundamentally at the quantum level it's just energy. So everything is energy. A crystal is energy, the planets that are evolving on our planet are energy, our human bodies are made out of energy. The other quality of energy is that energy interacts with itself, with other energies. So the energy of my physical body is interacting with the energy of the planet Mercury. For example, Mercury is in constant motion. I'm also in constant motion, Absolutely. but not as much as Mercury. When Mercury is moving towards my energy body, I can feel it. When Mercury is moving away from my energy body, I can feel it too, but it feels different. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> and so I the way that I'm feeling on any given day is to some extent, affected by what Mercury is doing. It's also affected by what the planet Venus is doing, the planet Jupiter is doing, the planet Mars is doing, etc. And the greater um, solar system, the greater galaxy, the greater universe, and we also have multiple universes, so the greater multiverse, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Everything's in constant motion, everything's constantly interacting with each other. If I understand 
why I'm moody on a certain day, and it's related to the fact that Mercury is moving away from me, what we call retrograde motion, then I can understand that anytime Mercury is moving in retrograde, I'm going to get moody and I can choose to deal with that. Mm -hmm. That's the study of astrology at a very fundamental level, is the movement of the planets and how they interact with the energy field of our energy bodies and our planet's energy bodies, Earth's energy body. If we understand that, we can use it. Same thing with crystals. Every crystal or stone Mm -hmm. vibrates with a different energy frequency because it's made of different substances. We have quartz. We have quartz with something in it. We call it rose quartz. Mm -hmm. The something in the quartz makes a a vibration that feels loving. So Mm -hmm. we gravitate towards rose quartz, Mm -hmm. which is the pink form of quartz, if we want to feel a loving energy. If I don't want to feel a loving energy, then I walk away from the rose Mm -hmm. quartz. If I want to increase the vibration of my energy field, I'll use certain stones to do that because those particular stones vibrate with a higher frequency than the others. Mm -hmm. And so it's really just at the most basic level, everything vibrates with a specific energy frequency. It can either help us or harm us or do nothing. If we understand how it works and how it um, affects who we are Mm -hmm. and how we feel, then we can choose whether we want to use it in our life or not. Absolutely. Astrology, astronomy, crystals, essential oils, etc. They're all made of energy and they all have the potential to impact how we feel and how we live our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, it does. masters, a spiritual master, he used to say that there is no energy lost, that all energies are like recycled or put, you know, moved around, as you say, we are all in motion and everything is in, in motion. Mm-hmm. And that, that relationship that we have with, the, with those energies actually, and the way actually we use those energies and gravitate with and around it and whatever you can call it, uh, that is the way that we are living in the daily basis, knowing it and without knowing it, because yes. most of us don't. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and, and that fact of, you know, uh, realizing that there is this whole universe going around at all time and um, the importance of every actual energy that you are projecting to anyone or anything around us. And the effect that it has, and it brings me back to the um, uh, when we were talking about the realms and the dark side of spirituality, mm-hmm. because it is something that is super real in Africa. <laughs> in general, people know that you know when we talk uh, about the dark side straight up, we think about voodoo, we think about whatever. Can you get us about what literally happened? <laughs> <laughs> but just to introduce us to the to what we call the dark side of spirituality. Okay. Every human has the ability to understand the reality of energy, as we just discussed it. Energy is real. We're made of energy. 
we can use it in ways that help us, that don't help us, or we can choose not to use it at all. We can also learn how to deliberately manipulate energy. Absolutely. Deliberately move it, consciously, uh, deliberately use it, sorry. Consciously move energy, consciously remove energy from a location, consciously change the energy of something else. That ability can be uh, cultivated by any human being. There are 7 billion of us. That ability, one, is what we do in Reiki, is also what shamans do, is what the yogic masters do and teach, etc. So all 7 billion people have the ability to learn how to manipulate energy consciously and deliberately. That's just a skill that we have. How we decide to use that skill depends on who we are as a person. It is just a fact that of the 7 billion people who are living today, some of them are just bad people. Some of them are greedy, they're malicious, they're violent, they're abusive, they're purely evil. Evil is real. Absolutely. Not necessarily bad, although mm. I'm not a big fan, but evil is no, real. Was... <laughs> and some people are evil or partly evil. Some of those evil, greedy, narcissistic, abusive, and violent people also have cultivated the skill of manipulating energy deliberately. Absolutely. They even sell their services. You can walk into shops in Miami, New Orleans, mm. probably Quebec, probably. Africa, <laughs> uh, Latin America, mm -hmm. South America, all over the world. Over, there yeah. are shops where you can go in and you can pay someone to cast a spell, place a curse, or in some other way, interfere in the life of someone else in a negative, destructive, harmful way. It's just real. There are two levels of it, however, and it's interesting because just two days ago, I taught this in my course mm -hmm. um, for the first time. There are two levels of using energy deliberately in a negative way. One is on the personal level. So that's just um, someone doing it against another person or maybe against a family, um, just sort of like a one-on-one -on -one thing. Exactly. There's also on the collective level, and this isn't necessarily talked about. There are people who are very good at manipulating energy deliberately in an evil way, and they do this not just on individual people, but on groups of people, on places of power, uh, and on locations. So most of the world's governments at all levels, most of the world's financial districts, most of the world's military hubs exist right now under the influence of dark magic. And that is one reason, or perhaps the main reason, why it's also so difficult to affect positive change in those uh, areas. Because we are unknowingly acting against occult forces. Mm. And so we can protest, we can picket, we can strike, we can write letters to our congressmen, we can cast a vote, um, you know, we can do all of these things, but you're, if you're not working at the level of the problem, we will not be able to affect change. Absolutely. Which is my job, fundamentally, and why my spiritual journey was so horrifying 
was because part of why I'm here in this life mm -hmm. is to affect the positive change at those occult levels on the collective level. Mm -hmm to help balance out this planet before we Whenever I see a new issue or whatever is going on around the world, again, I come back to what we were saying um, about energy, as you just mentioned. There are other realms above all of whatever we are seeing, we are feeling and all of that. So if we are just to, you know, tackle issues in this level, which is, you know, uh, uh, as I say, you know, the base level, as in like the level that we can literally see, Uh, we are not tackling the issue because there are other layers that we have not seen that are not, you know, you, that you cannot really touch with your hands or that you cannot really tackle with, you know, talking or going around with your own body and stuff like that. And, and so most of the time people would be like, as in, what do you mean? What do you mean that, you know, this actual issue that needs these, these actual measures, these actual steps? I'm like, okay, these steps and measures, they're part of it. It's real. We can do it too, but there are other much more, you know, of that energy that is not that wouldn't be addressed with these type of steps because it doesn't have to do with uh, in that realm. And uh, and so and most of the time, like the answers that you have is that it's just all hoo hoo and stuff. And uh, and I would try, you know, it made of sense to explain obviously because literally why I even went into that is that in Islam we have that too as in like learning how to literally manage th that energy what you can call incantations as in like words that you repeat uh, you know all those um, med meditation even practice the meditation practice is part of it um, being alone is part of it not alone in a sense you know of as we mentioned earlier but alone in a sense of self-discovery and All of those teaches you that, you know, there are more realities than, than we know of or that we are aware of. And one of the examples that I give sometimes is dreams. Is that when you dream, who is there? When, when you were saying, oh yeah, I was dreaming, I was doing this, that, that, that. I'm like, so who is there? Who, what, what is that person that is there? Who are you? Like, uh, did you see your legs, your hands or stuff? And most of the time people would say, oh no, the dreams was about this and that. I'm like, so the person is you, but not with this body that you know yourself to be. Right. Which is the difference that we, most of the time we don't do between who we are and the body that we're in, which is two totally different uh, things I, I say in general. It begs again, a question which is, what are your well main spiritual practices? Because you mentioned meditation, of course, uh, Reiki. Uh, do you have others uh, like yoga, probably? The fundamental purpose of yoga mm -hmm. is to become consciously aware of the fact that we come from source and are not separate from source. Mm -hmm. So I do yoga every second of every day. Mm -hmm. What we think of as yoga, because marketing and branding and commercialization and superficiality has Thank told you. us is yoga, <laughs> is We think of it as the physical practice of yoga. The physical practice of yoga 
was only ever intended to get the body into a state where it can sit comfortably for an extended period while we meditated and turned within to remember the fact that we come from God and we are God. With the, with the connection. Right? Mm -hmm. So the fundamental purpose of, of meditation as well is not to be able to meditate for 10 minutes a day or 60 minutes mm -hmm. a day. The purpose of meditation is to be 24 hours a day in a state of meditation. Absolutely. In the meditative state where we're connected with source and receptive to what needs to come to us. So like mindfulness. Like mindfulness, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which is a subset of, mm -hmm. of larger spiritual practices. Absolutely. I try to be in meditation 24 hours a day. And so we do the practices on a temporary basis, you know, 10 With minutes, 15 minutes, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. With the eventual goal of extending it to every moment of our lives. Absolutely. And so that's where I got to several years ago. I don't know if I'm totally there anymore because I'm trying to come back into the, the physical world and be more like a normal person. So I don't have a regular practice at the moment. I don't feel that I need a regular practice, partly because I did so much. I mean, if you can imagine, sh you know, shedding all of your life, mm -hmm. going into total isolation, for four years of linear earth time, which is very different from dream time, Absolutely. right? Mm -hmm. um, when you're in the dream state or the meditative state, mm -hmm. a lot happens in an earthly minute. For four years, and I did nothing but what was asked of me and what needed to be done while I was trying to survive. A lot of my you know, spiritual practice came out during mm -hmm. those four years. I don't have anything anymore except just trying to stay alive mm -hmm. Be, be who I'm here to be. Um, so there isn't really a daily practice, but I think I've also, to some extent, not completely, but to some extent, gotten to the point where I'm just in a state of readiness. I don't make plans, for example, because I, I just know. questions okay. as in when you're saying you know about being in a 24 hours state a meditative state yeah i and i personally believe that that's the end goal if there what you can call an end goal to be totally receptive about like you know everything that is going on around and you cannot do that if you're not mindful with yourself right and most of and most of the time you know uh that's what i believe that all the um, all the practices, as I ask, all the practices, all the um, spiritual practices that we do, is to get us there, that to, to that mindfulness of every single second, minute, rather than, you know, having to uh, be on a mat, as some people think it is, right. uh, going to a class. Of course, if you need, if there is need to, you know, be there, of course, yes, but not to uh, seclude it somewhere rather than all the time. Right, mm -hmm. right. Generally speaking, we should be able to do the physical practice of yoga anywhere, anytime. And, and you're right, mindfulness and being fully present in the moment, every moment of your life. Is Which is complicated physical. right now with our phones and all those, you know, notifications and right. stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it's possible. Absolutely. You know, even with our phones. Absolutely. Um, 
we just need to rewire our brain a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> to be to be able to focus on the now moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you get us to uh, one event that had a lasting or huge impact in your life? The one that comes to mind mm -hmm. has nothing to do with spirituality. Nothing at all. Well, you I don't. mean, if everything has to <laughs> yes. do with spirituality, it does. I was in my uh, graduate program, so studying intelligence analysis, and my professor, and I'm such, I'm a Gemini uh, in terms of zodiac. Okay. If you know the Gemini personality, it just means they're like a butterfly. They flit to one yes. subject, to the another subject, to another My subject. My moon is Gemini, okay. <laughs> so yeah. I'm an Aquarius. Okay, so well, there you go. I... <laughs> so you're interested in so many different things. Mm -hmm. And if someone's a Gemini, it's very hard to focus them on Absolutely. one task. Um, and my professor in my master's program was also my thesis advisor, and he knew this about me. He was a Gemini as well. Okay. Um, but he knew this, or he recognized this about me, and I didn't even know mm -hmm. that I had this. I was in my early 20s. I'd never studied Absolutely. spirituality at this point. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, but he did. <laughs> Thank God. And so he saw something in me that I had no idea was even there. And in my second year of the program, I was his teaching assistant, or his graduate, uh, graduate assistant. And he sort of maneuvered me into doing something I never, ever wanted to do, never even thought of doing, but he skillfully, you know, guilted mm -hmm. me and things like that. Mm -hmm. And what he did was he asked me to teach one of his undergraduate courses okay. for a whole semester okay. to be the teacher. And I'd never wanted to be a teacher. I'd never thought about being a teacher. I didn't think I had any credentials to, to teach. Mm -hmm. But anyway, he maneuvered me into it very skillfully. And I got in front of the classroom and I taught the undergraduate class. Wonderful students, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. um, and I discovered that I love teaching, that I'm decently good at teaching, um, that teaching is one thing that I'm here to do. Um, and teaching communications as well, because it was a class on how to write and give uh, briefings, okay. give presentations. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and a Gemini trait, again, is communicating, yes, communication, absolutely. which he knew and I didn't. Yes. So I did my whole <laughs> master's thesis on how to write mm -hmm. for the intelligence community. Uh, and I found it fascinating. And, and again, he maneuvered me into that as well. Mm -hmm. But I guess the big thing in that moment was he saw something in me that I didn't know was there. Mm -hmm. And he found a way to bring it out. And becoming a teacher and becoming a communicator deliberately, studying font and, and white space yes. and all these nitty-gritty mm -hmm. things of mm -hmm. communication, that's part of who I am that I'd never known was even there. And I was so fortunate to have this one professor, Chris Wheaton, there you go, uh, Chris Wheaton, see that in me and bring it out of me. And in doing that, he changed the course of my life. And all of that that I did way back in my in my master's program is what I do now in my healing practice. Absolutely. I teach, I communicate, I try to communicate these esoteric, very ambiguous subjects yes. about energy. Yes. Um, 
in a way that people can understand because we need to understand it. Absolutely. Um, but that was a big moment that really changed my life. And, and it's a blessing when we find someone who sees in us our potential and brings it out of us. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. This was beautiful. We had a lot of insights, many more questions to come. And uh, we will definitely need another session at some point. <laughs> There's a lot of subject that we brushed and to get deeper into you know each of those as you say people need to understand there is a lot of things and a lot of fields that's why even in this podcast i try to go you know into many fields mm -hmm. so that to shed light contrary to the you know regular uh type of interviews where you know there's someone from one field talking about that one stuff uh i would rather put it in the sense of we all have an experience of life And that wherever field we are in, we all regroup in a sense, as you were saying earlier, in that interconnection, in that relationship that we all have together uh, with the universe, with ourselves, with uh, other people, with uh, everything that is around and with that energy. That's why I find it like so in insightful and even more so what you just expressed as in, you know, people seeing sometimes what we don't see in ourselves. And so I thank you very much for your time and your insights um, as I'm sure um, it will create a lot of discussion from my end for sure. Um, so thank you very much again. Thank you, Mesa. I appreciate it very much. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. And so this is all we had today in my village again. So please subscribe, share, uh, discuss about it because that's the idea at the end of the day to talk about uh, whatever subject it is and to, you know, shed light on it. And um and never forget we as you <laughs>